Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me future. That's hbs.me future. Hey guys, Alex here. Um, Technically, episode one of my podcast. Um, I didn't want to have this as my initial episode, but there was something that a friend of mine brought to my attention that I felt needed to be addressed. Uh, That was the fact that we had a realtor, which for the purposes of protecting that person's name, I'm not going to disclose it, but we had a post where an agent was basically belittling a client. Um, Obviously, in our industry, this is not something that's acceptable. It's not something that's the norm, especially when you have an individual who may be a first-time homebuyer. In this particular situation, from what I've gathered through the text that I've read, this person has purchased a vehicle while they were in the process of being pre-approved for a home that they then went under contract with, and the debt-to-income ratio then became a problem because the vehicle payment caused their debt-to-income ratio to go up. First and foremost, I want to address the elephant in the room, and that is, as a loan officer, you have to take responsibility to ensure that your client is educated enough in the home buying process that they do not go out and purchase new things. That's the fault of the loan officer there. That's not the fault of the realtor. That's not the fault of the buyer. Uh, That is the fault of the loan officer for not educating their client enough to say, hey, throughout this process, do not go purchase anything. Um, But, you know, whether it's their fault, somebody else's fault, we can point the fingers in a million different directions. At the end of the day, what this thing is about is the fact that we had an agent that basically uh, belittled the client. You know, it's, it's not acceptable. And the one thing we learn as professionals is you can do a great job a million times and never get a compliment, compliment, I'm sorry, or do a bad job once and it gets written all over the wall everywhere you look. In this case, that's what's happened with this agent. Unfortunately, it's circulating around uh, Facebook. It could become something that damages this person's career. I would hope that this person reaches out to this client, kind of discusses it with them, and, and gets this fixed, but you never know. So I just want to read you a couple things uh, throughout this um, text that I've seen and kind of address it and uh, figure out why these things are even being said and how they're wrong. So one of the things that was said was champagne taste on a beer budget. Never going to happen right now. I hope to never work with another client like you. I have wasted five precious weeks of my professional time, energy, and efforts trying to help somebody who is rude, impatient, and arrogant. Now, I want to iterate. I haven't seen both sides of this conversation. I've seen the text. There's always another side of the story. But the fact of the matter is you just don't do this with your client. You know, if, if this was a person that was looking to work with a certain type of client and this client didn't fall within that guideline, it's that person's fault for choosing to work with this type of client. You know, you just simply pick and choose who you work with and, you know, you, you don't insult people. You don't say, hey, you have a champagne taste on a beer budget and that you've wasted five precious weeks of professional time. You know, that's the key to working with a top professional in the industry. It shouldn't have taken five weeks to figure out, from what I'm reading, 
to figure out that this person didn't qualify. This should have been something that should have happened relatively quickly. Um, it should have been nipped in the butt. So, you know, this kind of falls into the fault of, once again, the loan officer and potentially the realtor as well. So um, let me read to you a couple of the things that were said. This thing's just bizarre. It blows me away that a person would talk to another person this way, let alone somebody in this industry that um, is a professional. So there was another suggestion in here. Uh, since they purchased the vehicle, they had no money for closing costs. So the suggestion from the realtor was you might have to go to Title Max and take out a small loan and pay them back later. Uh, obviously, from our standpoint, from being in the mortgage industry, if you take out a liability and it has a monthly reoccurring payment, you have to disclose that. It's fraudulent behavior if you don't disclose that activity, if you don't disclose the fact that um, you went ahead and take, took out a loan against something and now you have a monthly payment that goes along with that. So from the looks of this whole conversation, this person's issue was debt-to-income ratio, so them going to Title Max and taking out an additional loan is very, very bad advice. Not to mention, why would you want to put somebody in a financial situation to where they were struggling in order to make a payment or struggling to make ends meet um, just for the sake of a commission check or just for the sake of a close? That's one thing that we try not to do and that obviously we don't want to do is put a family in a bind that they shouldn't be in based on their financial situation. Um, let me take a look here and kind of see what else pops out at me. Uh, da, da, da. All right. So obviously at this point, the client's getting frustrated. They're telling them that, um, you know, they don't want to deal with this anymore. Basically, their initial real or their initial lender backed out and denied them which in turn there's a clause in most tar contracts that has a financial contingency clause that states if you're not able to be approved through a lender for this particular type of loan um, that you are no longer obligated to the purchase of this home that stands up in itself you know that's something that is put in there for this exact reason um, Let's see here. I know there's a couple other valid points that I think uh, looks like this, this agent was sending messages to this person late at night because there's a request to have them stop sending them a message because this person's trying to sleep. Uh, and also there's something in here where basically this person's being told that, hey, if you don't purchase the home, you can be sued. They'll take you to court. They'll sue you for whatever it is that you have which obviously in this client's case, there's not a whole lot that they do have. You know, so those, those types of threats, keep in mind that a buyer's agent is there to help represent and guide the buyer through this process. To me, this sounds like a desperate attempt at maybe a commission check or getting a deal closed uh, or something like that. It doesn't sound like a person that's looking out for the well-being of this client. And this is actually extremely disappointing to see this type of behavior within this industry. Um, there's a request here for this person to give the car back to the lender that they bought it from, uh, to trade it in. Obviously, this person that purchased the car said, I can't do that because uh, this is a vehicle that I need to be able to transport back and forth to work. Without the vehicle, I don't have means of transportation. You know, So this person is saying, hey, go take this car back and obviously uh, put yourself in a situation where you can no longer earn money. Uh, there's a request here that, hey, if I can get you... Um, government assistance with the down payments, 
you know, is that something you'd be interested in? Obviously, the client asked, you know, why was this not something that was brought up earlier? Um, you know, it's it, there's just a lot of uh, degrading and putting down a client here. There's a, a lot of misleading, um, potentially fraudulent information that's being shared here. You know, these are, are things that if you have an agent that is doing this, obviously this is not, a type, not the type of person you want to work with. You know, you want to work with somebody that has enough integrity to worry more about you than they worry about their commission check. This to me just sounds like somebody that's desperate uh, to make a decision and to force somebody into a position where uh, they're buying a house that they can't afford. Keep in mind, it was just a few short years ago that we had this huge collapse in the housing industry that was that was almost directly related to behavior just like this. You know, people getting into homes that they couldn't afford, people being forced into homes that they didn't necessarily want because of lack of inventory, uh, down payment assistance programs, giving money to people or um, doing things that get people in the homes when they're literally one flat tire away from foreclosure. You know, there was a lot of other things on top of that. But the big thing is, is this is a trending behavior that is, is extremely alarming that we're seeing in today's market. You know, once again, if you see an agent that's participating in this or acting this way, maybe you need to seek a different agent's advice on how to get a transaction like this closed. You know, buying a home is a huge, huge commitment. And it doesn't just mean buying it for the sake of having a place to live for the next year. Uh, it's not like an apartment. You know, when you buy a home, you've got to mow the grass. You've got to water the grass. You've got to take care of things on the inside. You've got to take care of your water heater if it goes bad. You know, if the, the pipes stop draining, you've got to get a plumber out there. Owning a home is not a cheap thing by any means. Is it cheaper than renting? In some cases, but you have to make a financial decision when it comes to this, and you have to make a sound financial decision that's not going to put you and your family in a situation where you're jeopardizing your comfort for the sake of making a house payments. Um, once again, you know, I, I feel bad that this is the way our industry is represented. You know, people like this don't need to be in this industry and don't need to be doing business like this. And maybe this is just an isolated incident. I don't know. Once again, I didn't read both sides of this. I'm hoping that that was the case. I feel really bad for the client that was treated this way, but let's hope something happens in the future to remedy this situation. Let's hope this client eventually finds a home that's within their budget and finds a realtor that they can work with. Uh, keep in mind, you know, you can do a million good deeds and never get a compliment, but one bad deed and suddenly you're in hot water, and this is case in point proof. The person that shared this was not the victim of this, the person that shared this just happened to be sharing this particular post because um, that he felt that people needed to be notified of it. And the person that shared this with me just happened to notice that uh, this other realtor was a mutual friend of mine, which, you know, I immediately put a stop to that because that's not something I want. I don't want that reflection. I don't want that reputation of doing business with people that are uh, – that don't contain the integrity that it takes to treat their client right. You know, if, if your client's not your first priority, then you shouldn't be doing this business. So anyways, thank you for tuning in to my half episode. This is just a quick, you know, get in. It was on my mind. I wanted to shoot something out. I wanted the listeners to have something to hear. Uh, my next episode that's coming up, I'm actually going to have a great friend, Mr. Doug Cook. Uh, he is from St. George, Utah. He is actually a retired 
artillery veteran of 25 years from the United States Army. He's got some great, great stories to tell, so be sure that you tune into that. I want to thank you guys for listening today, and we'll talk to you later. Advancements in technology, shifting markets, and the gig economy are changing the nature of work. With this in mind, Harvard Business School Executive Education is launching a new program on managing the future of work. Based on the latest research into the forces reshaping workforce demographics, this program is designed to help employers remain competitive by thinking strategically about today's evolving business landscape. Learn more by clicking the banner or visiting hbs.me future. That's hbs.me future.